0: Hello, you are listening to episode seven of They Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chibber,
1: and I'm Swapna Krishna, and we're recording on Tuesday, June seventh.
0: Oh, and we have a very, very big episode. Because we
1: do. So, so first, let me just say, um, we talked about doing um, Preeti's fandom swap for me, which is going to be anime Full Metal Alchemist this yes. month, but we are not going to get to it because there. This, I first, I think we both kind of forgot Wonder Woman was coming out. <laughs> Like, when we made that plan, and of course we have to talk about Wonder Woman. So we're going to just put that off one month. So we will talk about that um, in July.
0: Yeah, and actually July is going to be awesome because, oh.
1: Oh. Oh. Well,
0: so it's going to be *Full Metal Alchemist, which I'm very excited about, but we'll start off very quickly with a very sad story, is that Spider-Man is coming out on July 7th, and you guys know how excited I am for it. I bought a ticket to go on vacation out of the country, like, kind of in a haze, or I just sort of had an aneurysm and bought a ticket because I was angry about something, whatever. Anyways, and I didn't realize until this past weekend that I will be out of the country when Spider-Man comes out in the United States.
1: But be honest. If you had known, would you really have not gone on your trip out of the country? Who knows? (laughs) I might have, like, tried to finagle
0: the dates better.
1: Because I'm literally,
0: I'm, like, leaving on the 5th, and the movie's gonna come out on the 6th in New York like for sure right so I would have postponed like a day
1: well I to be fair the movie I don't think that you the lack of your ticket or five tickets over oh, the the, weekend, no,
0: the movie's gonna be fine
1: it's gonna be fine it's so. me
0: I'm worried about me I've been waiting for this movie for so long I'm you gotta to like, see it
1: like the second you come back before oh, you check Twitter
0: absolutely like I'm not gonna look at the internet except to, yeah like, Post amazing Instagram pictures. Can't, um, but literally, I've already told somebody my flight gets in at like 3:30, I think, on uh, whatever day it is I'm getting back, and I'm like, we're going to drop my bags off, we're go straight to the theater because I have a problem. Yes. So, anyways, that what? is all to say that July's episode will likely be the Spider-Man, shoot, Spider-Man, and Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, it's
1: gonna okay. be a very pre episode. It is gonna be a very pre
0: episode. it is gonna be a very preethe episode. It'll be amazing.
1: <laughs> All right. right. So news. News. Okay. Um, our first piece of news comes from, actually, someone tweeted it to us. Deandra writes um, on Twitter, tweeted us about a new series that's in development at HBO called Brown Girls. I'm really excited about yes. this.
0: So go, there's a, we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but basically, this is a show that's created by a woman of color, starring women of color, And what I appreciated is is that it's a lot of different kinds of women of color. It's not like, you know, uh, something like blackish or fresh off the boat, which are both shows that I really, really enjoy, but are focused very heavily on one aspect of a racial minority. This is about a, yeah, it's just about brown girls, brown girls (laughs) of every shade,
1: so I'm going to read from an article on the Mary Sue, but it's um, Layla is a South Asian American writer just now owning her queerness. And Patricia is a sex positive black American musician who's struggling to commit to anything, job art relationships. And they're close friends. And so it's kind of a queer story about brown girls. And I love that it's intersectional. It's intersectional! It's, like, it's so frustrating when... It can be like it's like it can be about one thing it right they never about... let us
0: be in the middle of a Venn diagram. you're just on right. either side,
1: exactly, and so and like world is so complicated and so complex, and you know, and this like you were saying with like blackish or fresh off the boat, both excellent shows, but you know brown people and black people and people of all colors, we interact with one another, so it shouldn't just you know it's nice to see. It's nice to see like a a truly like multicultural and multi ethnic show, right? And then adding in um, an aspect of you know LGBTQIA, you know, T, yeah, (laughs) T, yeah, quilt bag. Well, technically, I don't know if there's any trans. Yeah,
0: actually, we're not we're not clear on what the yeah, and I try I try not to
1: like use LGBTQ as a catch all because T is. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's so but I don't know, but it's definitely um build is queer. Yes. So But we're gonna be looking forward to that and we'll probably
0: be talking about it on the I'm show. Sure we'll,
1: I'm sure we'll do like a watch of it for the show. Yes, because it sounds
0: That's awesome. Um Very much bar alley. So thank you, DeAndre Wrights, for sending us to that yes. sending us that link because it sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, and uh, I hadn't heard of it, so and then, something very exciting oh my God. happened today. Oh my God. So, okay, so today NASA announced its new astronaut class, and I think they had something like 8, 18,000 applications for oh. 12 slots. Yeah, it was an unprecedented application pool this time, apparently. That's
0: kind of very exciting because I feel like for years and years and years, people have been like, people don't care about space anymore.
1: Exactly. And I think the last new astronaut class was 2013. Oh, so, was it's ago. been a while. Um, but one of the astronauts, which I did not know beforehand, and I live tweeted the announcement—a uh, shocker. But um, one of the astronauts is Indian Yay! or some sort of South Asian. I'm assuming um, Indian from the name. His name is Raja Chari, and he is—he is—he um, graduated from the Air Force Academy and once got a master's in aeronautics and astronautics and from he's MIT. He's very handsome. He's very handsome. <laughs> he's a test pilot and he i am i'm just i'm just generally excited because the class this year it's five people of color and five women out of 12 candidates
0: which is kind of um, amazing
1: yeah that's it's great because you know I, we've gotten so much like crap about like the star trek discovery yes the the diversity and representation in that show and it's really frustrating because that's just like people say it's unrealistic and it's not unrealistic, especially if you consider like star Trek is supposed to be uh, global. It's not just about the United States. It's supposed to be global. And so it's saying something that NASA's, um, latest astronaut selection is so multicultural. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's like two Asian, two Asians, um, somebody of like Latino descent and, um, a, like, a, I think she, it sounded like an Iranian name, like some sort of Middle Eastern descent and a black woman. And so it's just, it's really exciting. I was really happy with the, um, with the, with the different ethnicities and races represented, especially because these are the people that might be going to Mars. Ah! I know. And so you want that, you want the first group of people to set that set foot on the On Mars on a different because when NASA goes to Mars they're going to represent the world not just the United States right and you want the people on the mission to look like the country and the world and so I'm really excited I'm just I'm so excited and I'm just personally excited to have an Indian person because I believe if I'm not mistaken there's only been two other Indian astronauts at NASA and one is Sunny Williams who is amazing and she's still with NASA and the other Kalpana Chala was um, killed in Colombia in 2003. So um, it's really exciting to have another Indian person. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. And, we have
0: uh, an agenda. I know.
1: <laughs> we do. Our Indian agenda is showing. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, um, so, yes. Yeah, so congratulations, Rajachari. Yes. I'm very excited for you and... Um, one day I will probably meet you. And tell you. <laughs> excited that you're an Indian person, plus astronaut. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Some very
0: very quick like news things that happened that I was very excited about. Yes. Uh, so Netflix is bringing back the Dark Crystal, and I'm freaking out about it because I love the Dark Crystal. Um, we don't know much other than that the Jim Henson uh, company is involved, which is lovely because. I imagine that means a lot more puppeteering than it does, um, and practical effects than it does CGI, which is what I
1: always want. Um, I've not seen the Dark Crystal, I and know. when I told Preeti that the first time, I, I I got the distinct feeling a future fandom swap was in the works. Oh
0: yes, I, this news dropped a couple weeks ago, and I literally watched it that weekend because it's amazing. And terrifying. It's really good. Yeah,
1: I've I, I watched the first like 10 minutes of it and I think I did it as a kid and Ooh. I remember like being terrified of the Skeksis or yeah, whatever the they're Skeksis called. Yeah, uh,
0: the Skeksis are scary. Um, And they're still scary as adults because uh, there's a lot of... I think we see them in reality a lot more frequently than we used to or maybe than we noticed. Anyways... We'll come back to that That's when, we do, when we do our fandom swap. Yes. Um. Then the first episode of Starcross dropped last week, which is a new show from Shondaland, but it's not our kind of traditional what we've come to expect from Shonda. It's uh, not contemporary. It is basically William Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet fan fiction, and I loved it.
1: Okay, good. That's what I was wondering because I remembered hearing about it and like in the weeks up to its release, and then haven't heard much since. Well,
0: so it start. I, it's it's driving me crazy because it's a network show, which is very exciting, um, but it's on at ten p.m. on Mondays, which Ooh. I'm like, what are you doing? There's no, there doesn't seem to be any reason for it to be at on at ten p.m. Like it's not particularly like there's some violence, but it's not like aggressively violent. There's not really any content that I that was in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why it's on at 10 p.m. It really should be on at, like... It cu- It comes on, like, after The Bachelorette, which is, I guess, a two-hour-long show. Ooh. So I don't know why they're expecting... I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, so it's... Basically, the premise is that it's just after Romeo and Juliet die. Um, yeah. And in order to keep the peace, the ruling family has said... That Rosalind, who is a Capulet, must marry Benvolio,
1: who is a Montague. Now, see, now I'm just a lot more interested in it because I hate the story of like I like you know I I have like child I but I hate just the overall like general like story of Romeo and Juliet like it's frustrating. Well,
0: it's like two fourteen and fifteen year old kids exactly. being shitty to people right
1: <laughs> like, oh, i love it you've known each other for three days okay yeah. like let's and take so, it down a notch and the like just the people being like oh it's so romantic i'm like no like i like the story itself i like the play i read the play and seen it and i like the play i like the. i love the i mean how can you not really but the Claire danes uh, uh leo you, movie i love the movie but it's I literally just, my favorite movie of all time <laughs> i think i hate the way it's been romanticized yes. in like Pop because cultures. it is, it
0: is, you know, it's like, oh, I mean, Juliet, Starcross Lovers, etc. So this is, well, I mean, it's Shonda, so it's wonderfully diverse and full of just very beautiful people. Um, it's sort of, it's really camp. And so I like really camp. I loved, loved, loved the Merlin series from the BBC. Um, and there's actually, they have Anthony Head from Buffy and Ooh. Merlin. Uh, He plays Lord Capulet, and he looks like his costuming is like Elton John, Liberace, Giles. (laughs) And it's amazing. Um, I am so excited to see where the season goes. Please watch it, because I don't want them to cancel it. uh, Because also Benvolio is played by um, an actor who is on this Australian show I really liked.
1: You like the weirdest things sometimes.
0: Sometimes I'm like, "How did you find that? I, I, you know how it's always through like someone reblogs a GIF on Tumblr. Yeah, like a GIF on Tumblr. I, yeah. Oh, I you bet. know what? I'm calling it StarCrossed. It's called Still StarCrossed. Still right.
1: StarCrossed. What <laughs> network is it on? Uh,
0: ABC.
1: It's okay if you don't know. <laughs> you
0: probably ABC, have, like I not
1: think. use, not use you. It's Google. And... Um,
0: we'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. Um. But it's this guy, Wade Briggs, who is on a show called Please Like Me that came out of Australia that I loved. So I'm very excited for him to be getting work on a show airing in the U.S. Um, So please watch it. It is diverse and awesome and camp and silly and fun. And I am just really excited about it. And I just need I need you to watch it.
1: And really here I I mean, I, I will all I don't ever really stick with Shonda shows, but I always am here, you know, to like try them out.
0: Yeah. I think this isn't going to be, you know, I loved Scandal, and yeah. I'm not the biggest Grey's fan, but that's mostly because it just didn't hook me in the right way, yeah. um, but this show is very different than her usual fare, and it's going to be interesting to see how, I don't know that network TV knows how to do um, genre like this. Uh, I think yeah. the last show that I can even barely compare it to is Gallivant,
1: mm-hmm. which, which got canceled. Which got canceled after two
0: seasons. Um, that show also mm-hmm. was the first season is so strong and so funny. But I don't know that network TV knows how to market a genre show because they don't necessarily know how to tap into fandom, and that's what you need to do. Like this mm-hmm. kind of show, you gotta tap into the fandom. Because yeah. those are the people who are going to, like, push it forward and get other people involved. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting um, to see how it goes. Uh, that was... So, that aired last week. There are two episodes out now. I've only seen the first. But I'm going to watch the second, probably after we finish recording.
1: Oh, I feel like I'm talking a lot. But there's so much... <laughs> Yeah, I know. This is this is where my lack of watching any TV here. I'll move my, one of, my thing I love up to news, even though it's not news. I've been watching Parks and Rec for the first Yay. time. I'd never seen Parks and Rec. I heard so much about it, but it got one of those things. It became one of those things where I was afraid, like it was so good that like, or it it was like the hype was so real that I. You know, I would end up not liking it because it couldn't live up to the hype. But I am glad to say that I was wrong. And yes. it is wonderful. And I absolutely love it. It took me like a year to get through the first season, the though, first honestly. The first
0: season is not good. The first no. season tried so hard to be The Office. Yeah. But The Office already existed. And so they had to make Leslie likable.
1: Yeah. And she's so cute. She's. Her and so Ron Swanson. Cute. Being buds are so cute, I'm, and I love it. I'm so excited for you. I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm like midway through the si- the second season, and I, and I watched. Um, I watched episodes here, just like random episodes here and there. But uh, I so I kind of know what I'm in for, and I'm really excited. Yes. So yes. So now, okay,
0: go. <laughs> you're, uh, you're up again. <laughs> okay. All right. So very very quickly, the leftovers ended this past season or this past weekend. Um, which is an HBO show, the premise of which is like, what happens when 2% of the world's population just disappears? And what and it's happens... based on a
1: Tom Perrotta novel, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, which I've not read. So um, it lasted three seasons, which is nice because it, you know, uh, one of the creators is Damon Lindelof, who we all know from Lost. And one of Lost's oh. biggest problems was that it just kept extending, extending they didn't know how to extended, end it and they and it the storyline got so meandering and that i can't even talk about the finale i'm still so it's been years and i'm still mad about it um so the leftovers is pretty tight every season has like a story arc so there are only 3 seasons they're like limited number of episodes they tie together but there is also this there is an overarching story but every season has like a beginning and an end which is nice so <laughs> it seems like this was a divisive finale
1: for the yeah, show. Yeah, cuz I've heard really like I've, it, I people either loved it or hate it from what right. I, I mean, I have not like you can tell by me not, you know. I'm, I I I watch Lost. I loved I don't think I will ever love a show more than I no. I don't think I will ever be obsessed with a show like I was obsessed with Lost. Like because it will probably be but I totally agree that the finale, like, I mean, how could it not? Like, the finale was just such a letdown. It was, so, it was
0: like, nothing mattered. Yeah. No, the six seasons worth of television you'd watched didn't, any, we can't go down this hole. Like,
1: yeah. Who? Well, maybe we'll do, we'll talk, we'll do an episode to tell you about Lost. Sure. But that being said, <laughs> um, like, God, we, our episodes, like, of the things we'd be like, oh, maybe we'll do an episode about this. Yeah. will like, take us a year. But, uh. <laughs> But no, so I haven't watched this show, but I have just heard people either like love it or they hate it. The, and show, you... the show is amazing.
0: No, I, I mean, will the say. finale. But the finale, yeah, so I did not care for it. Um, I thought it was a bit of a letdown. I don't really, I don't, I don't want to spoil it because I want you to watch the show at some point. Um, yeah. But it was funny because I posted about like how I was like, raise your hand if you feel personally victimized by Damon Lindelof. <laughs> And I had a few people be like, "Hard disagree because they really liked it. And I was like, but what was interesting is like, I was frustrated from a plotting standpoint and the people who liked it, loved it from a character standpoint, which I thought was fascinating. That makes
1: sense.
0: Right? Because it was just the different ways in which people interact with story. So I wanted more, I wanted more characters, but I also wanted more, I wanted more, um, more satisfaction from the ending yeah. of three seasons worth of this one narrative arc that I recognized. So it was interesting to me that people felt that satisfaction, but yeah, based
1: solely on really interesting.
0: character growth.
1: Especially considering, again, we're not going to go down this hole, but the con that conflict and loss, the conflict right. between the story and the sci-fi with the, um, with the characters. Yep. And it's, that is really interesting.
0: I know. Right. Um, all right, last last news news quote news thing because now it's been a couple weeks. This isn't the last news thing. I don't know why I just lied to all. Yeah, of I was going to be like, there's, well, there's another thing, there's but two I two things. About that. There's two things. Um, King Arthur. I did not see <gasps> it, but it's so good. It's oh my god. I want. The, I'm not going to really talk about it other than to say, go see this movie. I'm so sad that it's never going to get a sequel because I'm it sure
1: we're going to get a sequel. I think it made like $15 million but or it's something.
0: Awesome. It is not a good movie, but it is a fun movie. I did not stop laughing or smiling. And I got like, we got out of the theater and I was like, I want to see that movie again. It was just such fun. That's and, like, you need that. Right? It's not, like, gonna win anything. The writing was, uh But everyone is a pure joy to watch on screen. Minus, like, 20 minutes of Jude Law's man pain. Like, <laughs> could have done without that. Um, but Charlie Hunnam is awesome. No people of color die. Like.
1: Yes. It was
0: pretty friggin' cool. Uh, so, yeah. Please watch it and then talk to me about it. Because all anyone ever says is like, "Really, that movie?" And you're like, "Yes, it was fun."
1: Whatever. I like. I I will like go to bat for terrible movies. Yes,
0: it was. We need awesome. ter- more
1: terrible movies.
0: All right. What now? This is the last thing which we and are this both
1: is so exciting. Okay. So
0: excited about.
1: I think we have talked about this book on the podcast. It's a book called When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon, and. It, I mean, I read this book, I think, back in December. You read it before that, right? Yeah,
0: I got a – a friend of mine is the editor, and so she passed me, like, a bound manuscript,
1: So I was like – this was just when I read – I think this was the first book I read in 2017, and, like, I adored it. You adored it. I don't know a single person who hasn't adored this book. Like, Indian, you know, South Asian, not South – everybody I know adores this book, adores the cover – because it's a girl with like m- Mandy on her hands, Hannah, um, like drinking like an iced latte. And it's so cute. It's this so it's adorable. The, it's the
0: perfect mixture of like uh, first gen kid in like American. Yeah.
1: It is, and it's, you know. it's, it, it really encompasses what the book is, which is, like, this cute, adorable, I'm not going to give away anything about the plot, because it's actually fun if you don't know anything yeah, about it's it. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a, a cute little, like, commercial rom-com story. Yeah, it's
1: just like a like a rom-com, yeah, it's just, it's, a, and it's adorable, and it's got a really smart main character. And
0: what and did it, we, we what did we find out today?
1: It hit the
0: New York Times bestseller list! Which means... That so you can put a brown face on the cover of a book and it will hit the New York Times bestseller list.
1: Yes, which is a huge deal. This is it's a huge, a huge deal, deal because, because... <laughs> <laughs> we're both so excited we're about so excited. this.
0: Um, yeah, it it wasn't until fairly recently that people would say you can't put brown faces on books, like. That is the thing that would be said out loud and recognized. Because
1: basically white people won't buy books with brown people on the covers. But that's garbage. It's garbage. It's absolutely <laughs> – it's like it makes me mad on multiple levels because A, it denies like people of color representation and B, it underestimates white people. Yes. Like it.
0: Right. Ma- it, it, it. It. it's
1: stupid on so many levels.
0: But that being said, when Dimple Met Richie hit the list and we are both absolutely thrilled, congrats to sandhya congrats to her editor jen congrats to her agent how like it's so exciting yeah all of the things are exciting.
1: so so exciting anyways uh,
0: when dimple met rishi go check it out go it's go great. read it and you will not regret it
1: <sighs> okay so now Preethi's gonna just have to do a lot more talking oh because, my God. okay and i have specifically not asked her about this because i want to um I wanted to ask her about it on the podcast. So, cuz I wanted like my reactions to be genuine. So, if you don't know, if you don't follow Preethi on Twitter, she is an avid live tweeter of the show Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> like avid, like to the point where the Antiques Roadshow like Twitter person and the person from Liberty Mutual, which is a sponsor of the show cuz the show's on PBS, like no Preethi from her <laughs> live tweeting. Okay, take it away.
0: So, months and months and months ago, the way Antiques Roadshow tickets work are you just apply to be in a lottery, and then you either get picked or you don't. So, I applied back in, like, I don't know, January, February, sometime, and you don't find out until April. So, I did it, and then promptly forgot. And then, about two weeks ago, something triggered in my brain, like, hey, maybe you should... Check and see if Antiques Roadshow ever—if anything happened with that. It was in my spam. I won two tickets for a date that was ten days after the date that I looked at my email in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, because the Antiques Roadshow tour is only four cities in the country, and Harrisburg was, I think, the closest one. And I was like, "Oh my god, how am I going to get to Antiques Roadshow? I don't have a car." what am I going to take to Antiques Roadshow? Because you can't actually go unless you have something to be appraised. So very quickly, if you don't know what Antiques Roadshow is, uh, it is a show on PBS and it's literally people bringing really old stuff that they have in their homes or they've bought or they've found and having appraisers tell them how much it's worth and tell them a little bit of the background and the story of the thing that they bring. It is... So interesting and so fun. It's every Monday night at 8 p.m. on PBS. Highly recommend it. So I'm, like, freaking out. Realize like, there's no way my mom's going to send me any of her stuff because she doesn't trust the mail. And neither do I, necessarily. fair. For, like, you know. For
1: this type of stuff. For this
0: type of stuff. Um, But I have in my possession a bangle, a gold bangle from when she got married. And a pair of earrings, which I have no idea how old they are. Um, but they're super Indian. And so I was like, I guess I'll just bring these if I can go. Um, I convinced my my friend to come with me. She brings her grandmother, a bangle from her grandma, and a pair of earrings from her grandmother that are uh, from China. So we're like, great, that's kind of a good story. Two first-gen kids bringing, like, familial jewelry from the motherlands yeah that is great right um so i'm like tweeting about this and liberty mutual is like hey if you get to go we'll give you vip tickets oh so then we're like well we have to go so we get vip tickets and basically what this means is like we drive we wake up on a saturday morning at like four in the morning get on the road by five To drive to Harrisburg, which is about a a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive. (sighs) This is dedication, man.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um,
0: This is Actually, it was on this ride that I realized I wasn't going to be in town for Spider-Man.
1: Oh, no. That's
0: when I texted you at like 8.30 in the morning on Saturday. (laughs) Complaining like a total baby because I get to go on a vacation to this amazing place, but whatever. Um, So we're driving. We make it there. We roll up to the Pennsylvania Farm and Expo Center. We are the youngest people by like 40 years. That does not surprise me. And we're also, I think I only saw two other people of color
1: does not surprise me that you would not find other people color at Antiques Roadshow at the Pennsylvania Farm Expo building.
0: Yep. And so it was interesting because, you know, basically how it works if you're not VIP is you get a ticket and it's got a time on it and you show up like a half an hour before that time and they line you up and they bring you in in shifts. There are lots of lines. So we get in, they give us our badges, these two lovely, lovely um, producers walk us around the set and kind of give us this, like, really cool backstage tour. We got to go into the production van and, like, we got to meet, my, my appraiser crush wasn't there, I'm so sad. Oh, no. David Walker, he's handsome and British. Uh,
1: but you got to meet other appraisers. But I got to
0: meet other appraisers, like Nico Lowry, who, is, who wears these, like, super outlandish suits and has a great mustache and is very tall. Um so we both got our jewelry appraised. Uh found out both both of us that uh worth way more than we anticipated. Oh that's great. It's great. I mean not that you're gonna sell it, but it's just nice
1: to know. It was
0: nice to know but it's also like this really heavy like level of responsibility now.
1: Because mm-hmm. I yeah. treated
0: this bang I was like kind of treating it like garbage where I was like whatever I just sell my jewelry. Who cares? Yeah. Now I'm like, what do I do with this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was really cool. We didn't make it on air because our stories weren't quite interesting enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do, we did do the feedback booth, which is this thing at the end where you get to go into the booth and talk about your experience at Antiques Retro and maybe you'll get on air then. hmm And we camped it up because they always pick people who camp it up. Yes, of course. You know, so it was like, hi, I'm Preethi.
1: Uh, we're from Brooklyn, New York. Oh, no, Like, it's so dorky. <laughs> Well, do, they, do, they, do you know when the that episode's going to be? Not air? until,
0: like, January 2018!
1: Oh, my God.
0: It's so far, but it is, like, a well-oiled machine. So, basically, what was so fascinating about this is, like, the set is in the middle of this massive convention center, right? But mm-hmm. the set's actually not that big. It's, like, a circle. They build this walled <laughs> circle. And inside, there are about 75 to 80 appraisers at tables, that are along the the um, edge of the circle, just mm-hmm. a ring, right? And they are just lines of people, and it's by things. So it's like jewelry, That's a lot sports. of appraisers. Yeah, and they all are volunteer. Nobody, oh my gosh. Right? No one gets paid because it's good for business if you yeah. show up and you get on Antiques Rojo, right? Yeah. So the appraisers are there, and then people come up and have their things appraised. And if the appraiser thinks it's a good story, like first they'll try to be like, see if the person knows how much the thing is worth, whether it's worth way more or way less than they think. And then they don't give anything away. They'll just be like, oh, okay. And then they'll go talk to a producer. The producer will come talk to the person and, like, vet them, basically. Uh And then the person with the antique goes off into the, like green room gets their like makeup and hair done and the appraiser has about a half an hour to confirm all the facts that they think they know about the item there's like Mm. a trunk of um reference material that antiques roadshow brings with them to every place so we got to see this huge trunk of all of these like random books on like paintings and furniture and jewelry and like whatever and of course they have like laptops and stuff but they'll like look through everything to be like okay it's 1941 not 1943 like and then they have set up in the middle of the circle sort of are three tables and they will do an appraisal at one of the tables while being filmed by this huge camera that's like coming down from the middle of the ceiling and this second table will be being set up and like it's just like a machine they just go in a loop Doing that's a pre- so it. it's cool. It's fascinating. So, so if
1: you hadn't had VIP tickets, you wouldn't have been able to watch all this and you would have just been standing in line? Yes. Okay. So that's really cool then that you got the so, VIP oh, ticket. Oh,
0: yeah. And we like got to watch the director basically direct an appraisal right from the production booth. So this woman brought a coat, like this um, one-of-a-kind coat that had been made for Karen Carpenter – Mm. And she had a picture of Karen Carpenter wearing it. It was really neat. Wow. And so we're in the production booth and we're watching the the appraisal happen on these four screens and the director is going, "Okay, ask her what material it is." And then you hear the appraiser go, "And what material is this?" Ooh. And then he's like, "Now turn the jacket towards this
1: camera." And then
0: he like turns. It's so fun. It was really oh, cool. Yeah.
1: It was really cool. You forget things like that are really TV shows. You know what I mean? Like there's a person like kind of Yeah but it didn't it didn't like ruin the magic for you. No,
0: it actually made it really cool cuz now I know like when I watch it I'm going to know what is actually happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to so know cool. and it's real. Like those people don't know how much their their items are worth. Yeah. So those reactions, like my favorite one of all time is the guy who found he was just like driving down the street with a friend, saw this kid like cleaning out a house and all this trash kind of on the um, side of the road, and he was like, oh, do you care if I go through this? And the kid was like, I don't care. My father just passed away. And they're looking through it, and he found an original set list from when the Beatles are on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh. Because oh. the guy who owned that house was a photographer for the Ed Sullivan show.
1: Oh, I can't even imagine what that Isn't would be that worth. Isn't that bananas? That's bananas. It was oh so cool. Oh, my God. Like, you
0: just found this treasure in the... Tra- like, literally... Another, like, one man's trash was another man's treasure. Like, that is a literal thing that happened. Like,
1: and now I'm, like, trying to think, like, if I went on Antiques Red what would I take? Because right. I also have, I have a bunch of, like, Indian jewelry, but none of it significant, none of it old, though. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, my mom's thing was from, like, he said it was probably made in the 50s or the 60s.
1: Yeah, like, I don't even think I have that stuff that old. Like, all of my stuff is fairly, like, in the last, like, 20 years. Mm. Um, but then, like, my husband, okay. I'm going to just say his name because I always refer to him as my husband and it's super awkward. Like we have this <laughs> don't ever say his name like anywhere online. And he's been like, you can say it now. Like I'm like, cause back when he worked at a law firm, he was super particular about it. Now he's not. But I just don't do it out of habit now. So you're gonna hear it here only. It's <laughs> a really, really Daisy, generic white Daisy, person name. It's
0: like Daisy Geek Girls exclusive.
1: Daisy Geek Girls exclusive. So Ryan, because <laughs> it's such a generic white person name, I built that up. So Ryan, um, his family is from like, um, kind of like, they've been here for like generations and generations. So we have a lot of like family heirlooms from his side that I I think might be really interesting. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are, like, furniture and, like, kind of bigger stuff. So, I don't know. But that's so interesting. That's so fun. It was really cool.
0: It was really cool. I know it sounds super nerdy and, like... Oh! I mean... I told my sister and my sister was like, I would have hated that. I'm like, well, that's why you didn't come.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not super into Antiques Roadshow, but... I mean, at the same time, I think it's just interesting to see things like that happen.
0: Yeah, it was cool to see how they put the show on. And, yeah. you know, it was nice. To, like, PBS definitely is like, maybe it would be nice if a younger demographic, like, engaged yeah, the I show. Yeah, I bet.
1: I mean, I'm sure you, you get a lot of <laughs> attention from them because you probably do bring in a younger demographic. <laughs>
0: like, like, come on, man. Watch the show. It's really fun.
1: I will. I'll I'll watch it sometime. Yay. The next Yay! When does it come on? Monday oh, no.
0: nights, Monday nights at eight PM on PBS.
1: Okay. Although, like,
0: you can just find episodes streaming on the PBS app on your like local whatever it is. Well, but, then, it is.
1: but But I have to if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch it, I have to live tweet it with you. I know
0: it's really fun if we do it on, like, We'll pick a Monday night and do it.
1: And then, like, I love that they like tweeted. Like, some of you live tweeters might recognize, like, <laughs> please, because like, there are like seven of us. Oh my god, I love it! I love it. <laughs> It was so like just like watching it. It was like just as like it, you know, third party. It was so funny. It
0: was really fun. That's so great, though. I was so nervous that it was going to be terrible because I didn't know what to expect, and then it was actually really awesome.
1: And, well, especially because like you threw that together at the last second, oh my and gosh. like you drove so far. We drove so far. That's like that's really <laughs> far for a day. That's like eight hours of driving in it one was, day. That's it a was. lot. It was a lot.
0: Worth it. Anti-Strecho. <laughs> at me. This is an instance in which you can at me about Antiques serecho <laughs>
1: Um okay, so should we move on to Wonder Woman? Yes. Yeah. 40 minutes in. Let's get to one of oh the my, main topic? This is gonna be the <laughs> longest episode of all time. This is exactly why we cut out one of our things for today. I know. Because I knew this would happen. Six, I knew it. <laughs>
0: like also six episodes of Full Metal Alchemist. No, no, yes. no.
1: Um, Wonder Woman, so you saw it the Thursday night, right? Yeah, I saw
0: it Thursday night, the night it came out.
1: And then I saw it Saturday night. Yeah. And I don't think it's a shocker that we both absolutely adored it. Yes,
0: I know, it's weird. I'm so used to doing podcasts about DC movies and having to, this sounds so shady, but like Trying really, like, do you remember when um, Batman vs. Superman came out? I remember. And you were, like,
1: you were. I was, like, guys, I was, like, we have to say something positive. Right,
0: so Paul Paul Montgomery and I used to have a podcast called O Comics, and Swapno was our editor, and she was, like,
1: you guys. We get so much, like, we used to get so much shit at panels for being so down on DC movies, and it was because they're not good. Not good, but but she was,
0: like, you have to find something nice to say about this. Like, just one thing. Just one thing. And so I'm not used to like coming out of a DC movie and feeling good.
1: I know. But the flip side of that, and this is something I've noticed, is I don't think I've ever seen people tripping over themselves so much to say something wasn't perfect. Have you noticed that? What do you mean? It's like everybody I talked to was like, I love it. It wasn't perfect, but I love oh, it because but it I was mean, a damn good movie. And like, if yeah. any other movie that was this good, nobody would be tripping over themselves to would be qualifying it that way. But it's
0: like I it's just it's,
1: it's. I finding it, and I've I've been doing it too. It's not like I'm blaming other people for doing it. I've been doing it too, and it's just super frustrating because
0: well, I think you part don't want of it. Part of it is that I genuinely like. It's a good movie. But I genuinely, genuinely think it is benefiting from being in the DCU and up against movies like Batman vs. Superman oh, and Man of Steel. I agree. You know, which this movie really, I would say, like outside of the DCU is a solid like B. You know, the, there was like dialogue was clunky, the third act is rough. Um, and we can talk a little bit about some of the other things that are very, very valid criti- critiques of this movie. But the night, I think, and you had the same experience, the night that I saw it and I came out of that, you know, that that was an experience seeing the film. Like, I cried and cheered. And, like, there's nothing. I've never been in a superhero movie where the woman, it was never about the male gaze. Yeah. Right. Like it was never about how she looked in the costume in the way like about her sex appeal or, you know, it was never about that. It was about her strength and her integrity and her commitment. And that was incredible that that was through the film. Like there was never a moment that this was about the male eye. Yeah. And that was an incredible experience.
1: It was. And like, I texted you this, but like, I came, I started, like, at the end of the movie, I started crying. Like, I cried so hard because I was so afraid it would be bad. Like, mm-hmm. and that was like also, it's also partially just um, the reviews were so good that I didn't, that was almost at a point where right. I didn't trust it. Like, I was afraid that people were falling over themselves to apologize for a mediocre movie because this is make it or break it for female superheroes. Yeah, like, which it's is this movie, so obnoxious. It's so terrible. But, but it's, it's true. true. It's, we're it not is. allowed it's make to it fail. It. Yeah, and it's not like when like they make they made the second Fantastic Four movie, you know, they were, or I guess it's because there's the first one and the sequel, or whatever, they made the recent Fantastic yeah. Four movie. Um, anyone was like, oh, well, we can't make movies starring white guys anymore. Cause because that's, that's
0: not ever what they'll say. Yeah, it's, but... You get one shot if you're marginalized, right? You get one shot, and then you
1: wait 15 years in order to do it
0: again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so. so
1: I was so glad it was good. Like, genuinely good. I agree. It was not perfect, but, like, I – and, like, a uh, part of it, part of, part of the reason I say that is – I don't want people to think I don't see, th- I'm blinded by the fact that it was, like, I don't want people to, th- like, I don't want it to come across like, I'm like, oh, there's a woman on screen and that is all I care about. Right,
0: because that is the, that is what you get, right? That is the, right. it's the, like, um, it's, 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 it's hard because it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't a little bit because it's like either you just like it because there's a girl in it um, or you're not at a, you won't critique it because there's a girl in it. And neither of those things are true.
1: Right. And so, um, but like for example, like I liked the movie Ant Man. Was it perfect? No. But when I would say like I liked the movie, I thought I thought it was a cute movie. Like I liked the movie Ant Man. I'm not gonna be like it wasn't perfect, but I like you know what I mean? Right. Like I, I hate that
0: Because I think what you can say when you say I liked Ant Man, it's like it was it fun. It does have the baggage you know? that comes
1: with it was yeah. a
0: fun movie. Wonder yeah. Woman was, unfortunately, I guess for it, was more than a movie.
1: Yeah, it was. Right?
0: It was, it was a movement. It was the culmination of years of waiting and begging. And, like, I mean, arguably the, I'm not saying that this is the first superhero movie ever, but arguably the modern era of superhero movies was kicked off in 2008 by Iron Man. Yeah. That is, that was nine years ago. That was nine years ago, and this is the first female character who is getting her own film.
1: Which is ridiculous. Which is unreal. It's, like, genuinely just ridiculous.
0: And that being said, we're going to wait ten for Black Panther. Yeah. You know? Like, it's unbelievable. But so it's more than that. Black Panther is going to be more than a film because it matters so much to people because we've been waiting so long. Yep. And so you want it... Of course you want it to be good. If it ha- I don't think, though, if it hadn't been good, it would have succeeded in this way.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like I completely agree. It was...
0: The action sequences alone... Oh, No Man's Land is one of the best action, like action sequences I've seen in any film ever, I think. It was Agree. so smart and like intense and she was Gal Gadot was, like, she an was amazing,
1: phenomenal. And it's it. really hard with Gal Gadot, somebody who looks like that. She is I mean, she's just one of the she's most gorgeous. beautiful women, like yeah. it's just, she's stunning to make it about the character and not her looks yeah and to make it about the person she is and like that's why it's so important to have a female director
0: right I think that's a lot of that is Patty Jenkins um scripting you did see some issues where I I said this coming out of the movie actually um as much as I loved um Chris Pine in this role as much as I was like They did a good job of letting him be a damsel, which they did. She saves him several times. He still had way more to do in this film than Lois Lane has ever had to do in either Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel.
1: Yeah, agree. Like,
0: he got way more screen time, he got way more dialogue, he got way more agency.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's. Which is a, I mean, it's a good thing. You don't want to, you don't want to like, like turn the trope upside down and right. just have a, but the point is it's not, it's okay. All things are not equal.
0: Right. You know, it's still like a far cry from what would have happened in, had the roles been switched. Yeah. You know? And so like, fine. That was, that I think is a valid criticism. Um, it's just. So it was just so important. I can't get. Can over we talk? It.
1: Can we talk about Robin Wright? Oh my god! I did not see that coming. She was. I mean, incredible. I knew she was in it, but I did not see how. I mean, oh my god! Can we give that woman like a starring role in an action movie, please? Oh
0: my god! I want to live on that island. I know. I wanted oh. more. I I will say that there should have been more on the island. We only got yeah, about thirty I- minutes there should have been more. I would
1: have liked a full movie set on the island and the World War 1 as the like as a sequel. Well, I try to understand why we couldn't get that. Like right. I get it, but I right. I would, I would have nice. loved.
0: It might have also given a little bit more opportunity, you know, there are a lot of really valid criticisms about the representation of women of color in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not enough that they're there at this point. You know what right. I mean? Like it's not enough that there were black women as Amazons. They yes. needed dialogue. Yes, there were some lines, but, like, they needed a pre- a, a bigger presence. A yeah. more um, integrated and uh, vocal presence.
1: Right. They need to have... The characters need to have a purpose, not just, like, set dressing.
0: Right. Um, and so there's a little bit of that. You had the senator, though, I think, like, um, she was, like, she had one line and diana yeah. interrupts her you're <laughs> we like yeah. oh you know the it, it would be nice to have more of that it would have been nice this, this has a little bit of a rogue one problem yep. um once diana gets off the island where it's we needed more etta
1: yes to
0: like balance that out Agreed. a little bit because it was like all yeah. oh, dude all the time even like I do think they yeah, severely I... underused um, Madame Poison or Doctor. Po- what is her name? Madame Poison, Doctor Poison.
1: I yeah. I really I would have been more inter- interested in like her backstory. There was a lot crammed in this movie. Yes, What's the problem. My general problem with origin stories like it's there's just so much crammed into this movie, and it was it got really clunky at times. And yeah. Sha- character development of like lady characters other than Diana, um, to achieve, you know, to get, to cram this all in a, you know, two hour and whatever minute. Yeah. Maybe. It
0: was a lot. Um, but there were so many good things,
1: but I loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, I genuinely just, so, I was breathtaking and I, I, I loved it. Ryan loved it. And I have a huge crush on the Guy that brought his three daughters to the movie, oh. like his three young daughters to the movie to watch, and not young, not like inappropriately young, but like it, it was like he and I, I, I love that guy. It, it, in the theater, I was at who brought his daughters. That's to awesome. See it.
0: I know. How, I saw like, it. I saw it with like nine women. It's so
1: good. <laughs> like, it's just. It's so like we've waited a long time for this, and I'm glad. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's good. So. I'm just, yeah,
0: I wanna, I do, I wanna talk. So I think a lot of people have said a lot of the things that we're saying in a in a really smart and and well said way. I was like, how am I gonna finish that sentence? Um, but something that I have not seen a ton of, and I do want to comment on because I think it's specific to us very much. So in yes, the I thought you were gonna
1: say, and I'm so excited. Is, uh
0: so I was watching. Um, this movie, and Diana and Steve get to London in world like World War I London, and there were South Asian people there were all so around
1: many Indian people there in were the background.
0: So many Indian people in the background, which makes sense because England at the time was a colonizer and India had not yet India didn't gain independence from England until 1947. And so they were still an English colony. And so of course yeah. they had Indian people fighting for them under the yeah. British flag in World War 1. And yeah. that never happens. You it never, never happens. see people of color in historical in in European historical dramas.
1: And it's it's really frustrating because it becomes a self-reinforcing argument for people that's like, well, you know, this just historically accurate and mm-hmm. like, no, people actually not. Of color didn't, you know, spontaneously appear in the 1960s or 1970s. We've been around for a long time. We're just erased from history because right. history isn't written by us.
0: And so it was so awesome to see that. And it was so really...
1: Like, was gratifying. It was
0: really gratifying. And then from that point, um, the movie took on a decidedly anti-colonialist tone for me. I love nothing more than the fact that and spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen this. Um, yeah,
1: so we'll we'll so put a spoiler note. So fifty
0: one, the fifty first minute. Yeah. Um. I don't think we actually did spoilers before that, right? No.
1: Nope.
0: So So, uh, David Thewlis is Ares. He's the bad guy. I love nothing more than the fact that the bad guy in this movie is a foppish, dandy, white British man, because. Yeah. I, yeah. That is who screwed up so much of history. You know, like, colonization fucked a lot of countries up. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so it was actually, it felt so kind of awesome to me that, and I'm sure I'm reading into this, I can't imagine that it was necessarily intended, but I love that. I don't think, David Thewlis was a particularly, like, impressive Aries. I I do not
1: think so. I did
0: not love that, but I loved the idea of it. I loved the premise that this is what evil is.
1: And I appreciated um, that it was the British guy because I had a big – the one problem – I had a few problems. But one of the big problems I had with the movie is, like, a black or white – you know, like, yeah. the British are the good guys, the Germans are the bad guys, because in right. World War One, the lines were not that, you know, it's it's different when it's World War Two and you're fighting Nazis. Yeah. World War Ones, the lines were much murkier, so for a while, I had a problem with that until that. Until you're revealed. like, oh, no,
0: it's the British guy. Yeah. It's that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was actually pretty, pretty freaking cool. Uh, I think, I don't, uh, there are other things in terms of, like, Uh, issues or, you know, problematic aspects and there are other things in terms of, like, things that were really amazing. Um, But I sort of just want to let you guys read some pieces that have been written by people who hit the nail on the head really, really well. Um, One, like, there was uh, Son of Baldwin on Twitter and um, Valerie... Val Val Complex? Val Complex, yes. um, Did a dialogue that was just really well thought out and really interesting. And I'll put that in the show notes. And then also there's an article. So there's a native character in this film played by a First Nations actor um, who Eugene Brave Rock, follow him on Twitter. He only has like 1,900 followers and it is blowing my mind because I'm like, you're amazing. Um, Well, you're in Wonder Woman. People should want to know what you're doing.
1: For real. For
0: real. But he's really,
1: he's really good. He's
0: really, he's excellent in the film and he was given agency to kind of dress the character how he wanted. He did research and based it very loosely on an actual um, First Nations person who fought or who like uh, was involved in the war effort. And so, it feels very authentic and I really appreciate that. So, there's also a few articles about him um, that we'll put in the show notes.
1: There's and i really appreciated with his character it was like one line but like they addressed white you know white and um first nations relations in the us yeah. like it was only one line and of course that cannot do it justice or go into the depth but they 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 talked they about it at least it. yeah at least they acknowledged it like uh, that's a lot more than we usually get can
0: we talk about the other one line that we both got really excited about
1: I don't even, I don't remember what. Oh,
0: you will. So um, there is this, like, band of, they're not the Howling Commandos, but they're. But
1: they're the Howling Commandos. They're basically the
0: Howling Commandos, you know, in, with Wonder Woman in <laughs> World War I. Um, I'm just, I should have done this ahead of time, but I'm bringing up the cast list because I can't. I want to make sure I get the actor's uh, name right, but I hate IMDb a lot. This is really compelling podcasting. I know. Usually, like we're on top of this, but I'm not usually we're on top, top of, of this. It. We're getting
1: lazy. And, uh, so you know, Samir, eight episodes in. yeah,
0: I know. Samir, uh, played by oh, yeah. yeah, played by Said Tagmaoui, who I think is of Moroccan descent. If I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, um, there is a line where he says to Diana, "Like I wanted to be an actor, but I'm not the right color." And I was sitting next to my friend, who's also first gen, and we both kind of turned to each other and were like, oh my, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, getting recognition of that level in this film, like that one line was so important. And so I, and I know a lot of people respond, like I, several people I've spoken to responded to that same line, several people of yeah. color, because it was just a really nice, like, we are recognizing that this is a thing that happened. And we're not ignoring the complexities and the issues that existed at the time.
1: It's so, I don't think it's, you you can't explain what it feels like to exist in a world. Like, it's just, like, it's just, you can't put that into words. Like, what it feels like to, you know, be like, oh, there's Indian people in the background. Oh, like, we acknowledge that like a lot of bad stuff has happened when it comes to race and skin color mm-hmm. like it's incredible and this movie it didn't do it perfectly and nope. there is always room for improvement but that's okay like it's okay we don't expect anyone to get it perfect but we appreciate you know the tr- we appreciate the trying and then we'll talk about it and the next time you know try something new or something different I mean or- I do
0: hope for the sequel that I think Patty Jenkins is basically the only woman Actually involved in a lot of the writing and a lot of the like, like she is basically the only woman. So I yeah. hope for the sequel they involve some women and some women of color in I the would, writing. I would, yeah. I would like I for Zack Snyder to not be involved at all in terms of writing the scripts because you can see his paw prints all over the third act, and the third act is by far the weakest. Yes. Um. So just having. So more women involved would be really nice. Indeed. Especially women of color. Include yeah. women of color for the love of God. Like, do it. Yes. I agree.
1: <sighs> so I guess that's, okay.
0: that's Wonder Woman. Oh my God. Yes. Guys. Okay,
1: so now we've still, we're 58 minutes in and we've got to talk about Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. So this was one of
0: our patrons, um, Jerome, who... Gave us ten dollars, yes. uh, and when you ten dollars a month. When you do ten dollars a month, you get to pick a thing, and we'll watch it and talk about it. And I was very nervous about what was gonna get picked. I was like, Oh my god, what if they picked something like awful or what? And then Jerome picked Jupiter Ascending, and I was like, This is the best day of my life. Yes,
1: because we both absolutely like love this batshit movie. This movie is bananas. Yes unapologetically so and it is perfect so if um if you haven't seen it we'll give you like let's let's do a quick pitch on why people should watch (laughs) it because we're absolutely going to get into spoilers in this so if you haven't seen it it's basically space werewolf uh it's like it's it's like i don't even know i don't know
0: how to describe it it's um it's Baby's first fanfic. So there's a space princess. Um, a space werewolf. There's a space werewolf. There's a, there's space capitalism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's space Voldemort.
1: Which, who is Eddie Romaine. Eddie Romaine. He wears a shirtless vest.
0: Oh yes. And he has his abs spray painted on in gold. Yes. Um, there is a lot of very pretty dresses. Very very pretty dresses. Uh, there's a lot of shininess and beautiful architecture and scenery and CGI. Just generally
1: visually spectacular. Visually
0: beautiful. It's just watch it because it is in it is a Batshit Wachowski's movie.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: um. Uh, it's it's amazing.
1: And if you, um, and this is our last item of the podcast, so if you don't want to hear spoilers for this, you can just turn it off now, because we are going to start talking about this movie, because it is amazing.
0: Uh, yeah, so, alright, let's go. And,
1: okay. scene. <laughs> so, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite part of this movie? <laughs>
0: like, oh my gosh. I so don't,
1: cause...
0: You can't, every time, I watched, I've seen this movie three times, four times, three or four times now, and... I think one of my favorite parts is Channing Tatum in the hallway of the clinic, realizing that they that he's gonna have to fight, and putting like his like sh- basically Legend of Zelda Guardian Shield up, <laughs> and then space rollerblading down oh my the God, hallway. The space rollerblading.
1: I love it. Like, <sighs> I just love okay, like, there's a lot of really fine actors in this movie. Oh, like yeah. it's like there's so there's a lot of really great actors. And they come all of them commit to this freaking bananas movie. Like Eddie Remain, like Eddie he he like he won a He won well. an Oscar in this same
0: year. Because yeah. Theory of Everything and Jupiter Ascending came out in the same year. I'm ninety percent sure. And he won an Oscar. This is his Norbit. Like yeah.
1: that is and the best thing ever. Like he is and he's spectacular. And he plays a bad guy. Like uh, and he is spectacular. So in this movie. let
0: me see if I can this is so I know we tried to pitch it, but the basic premise is that Mila Kunis, who is an illegal immigrant in the United States from Russia, she was born in Russia. Uh her father is Killed before she's born. He's he's shot in Russia. Uh, He's played by James Darcy, whom I love and I think is just so handsome. And when the first time I saw this movie, I was like James Darcy, and then he died. He dies like four minutes in. Um, So she grows up in America, and she and her like she lives in one. It's one house that has like nine or ten people living in it. She, her mother, her aunt, they're all house cleaners. And so the first scene you see of her as an adult is like this kind of um, montage of her like scrubbing toilets and waking up at four in the morning and just being generally very unhappy. And through a series of events, she, <laughs> she, you find out there's this like space nobility family who, who own planets they own swaths of the universe for farming um, in order to gain more time. They're very old. They're like millennia old. And so she is actually a descendant or a version of someone who is from that family. Yeah, she's It gets really print. complicated it gets very into complicated. genetics. But... Uh, she's like a gene print or something. And so the family is sort of fighting over her because technically her gene print owns Earth. Yeah. And Earth is like the most lucrative because they actually farm humans to get the genetic material in order to stay young forever.
1: And, and so like they send out basically all three of them send out bounty hunters yeah. or like you know send people to get her from Earth. And meanwhile she's living on Earth like with Earth as it is now with no idea that aliens exist or that space, you know, that there's any sort of like life out off of Earth.
0: Yeah, she's no idea. And then werewolf space werewolf Channing Tatum comes into her life.
1: Yes. Because Channing Tatum is in this movie.
0: Because Channing Tatum has been hired by the youngest Abraxas brother, um, Titus, right? Titus. Yeah. Um, to get her back. And it's like so ludicrous.
1: Yeah. This is a movie. and Okay. So, so this is kind of the pre- overall premise of this movie. Like, so it's, it's, and if it sounds crazy while we're talking about it, trust me, it's even more batshit when you see it on screen. Yeah. Like, there, like, ugh. but there's so many good things about this. So this movie yeah. gets a no, lot I of flack. Well, I, I, I was going to say, look, we keep talking about being batshit. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, like, I agree. Just not apologize for what it is. And it is just, it's spe- like, first of all, it's visually spectacular. It is a beautiful, stunning movie. If you like, like, just, like, grandiose, like, beautiful movies, this is one you should see, because the CGI is beautiful, some of the costuming is beautiful, like, but also, it's, well, I'm thinking of Mila Kunis's dresses, but, like, Gorgeous. also, like, Eddie remains shirtless Yes, well.
0: So, uh, like, I am, I was watching this movie, and I've not seen this movie since I play, started playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I'm 100% certain that Breath of the Wild took its aesthetic from Jupiter Ascending.
1: And, and now I really have to. I mean, I wanted to play as we've discussed Breath of am, the Wild for a while, but now I really like. Play it. I am
0: gonna do a side by side because there are some like where I'm just like that's not a coincidence. That was on purpose, like hundred percent. Um, so Eddie Redmayne is the main villain, basically. Uh, his and his brother and sister, their mother died, and Mila Kunis is the like basically genetic imprint of their mother. She looks exactly like them. yes. Um, after her her mother was like 90 millennia year older, like something years like old or that. something. Uh, and you don't know how she died, you just know that she's gone. Um and Eddie Redmayne wants all of these things. He wants yeah. Earth, he wants because it's about capitalism, because he wants to be the richest and he wants to own everything. It's uh. But Eddie Redmayne's delivery in this movie, like I'm calling it's him not- Space Voldemort because it is. He has this like he doesn't speak like oh cute Eddie Redmayne and Fantastic Beasts, you know, with
1: his like really twee little he has this voice. Very, it's like, it's very breathy Eddie Redmayne, uh, like space Voldemort, like it's it's.
0: I actually was when I was listening to it, I was like it's part Richard Harris as Dumbledore, so yes. Dumbledore in the first two movies yes. combined. With Jason Isaacs when he or Jason Isaac when he played Captain Hook in that two thousand three Peter Pan movie, that I cannot
1: I, I I've seen a, I think I've seen like half that. But movie but it's this like
0: kind of like you said like very breathy under the tone British. yes, and then all of a sudden because really you know it's like it's it's simmering.
1: Yeah. But it's
0: so and it's so affected. Like it's, it's so, so it's like, such an
1: affect. Affected. Even tell even in character, it's an affect. Yeah.
0: And his, you know, he's got that like mouth where he's just like barely moving his lips when he speaks, like. And it
1: kind of acts as how big his mouth is oh, compared yeah. to the rest of his face. His mouth is giant.
0: He has a huge mouth, um, and so but it barely moves in the movie, and it's like this like very regal. Oh, and all of the people, so they're human, right? Humans in this universe or in this this reality did not evolve on Earth. Yeah. They found Earth and colonized it. Yeah. They created the Big Bang in order to get rid of all of the things that were already on the planet. And then they basically infected Earth and and colonized.
1: Which let me tell you how much I love that science. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you how much my science brain loves that science.
0: Solid, solid sciencing. Um, but one
1: thing I do, do love, like speaking of science, is, you know, a lot of this movie, like they're kind of, one of their base of operations, um, I guess to keep an eye on Earth, is on Jupiter. It's like yeah. under the surface of Jupiter's like gaseous, you know, um, atmosphere. And
0: um, Oh, Jupiter, by the way, we didn't even say Mila Kunis's name is Jupiter Jones. Name is
1: Jupiter Jones. <laughs> she is a
0: space um, princess named Jupiter.
1: I know, and like so, but the um, the space station is under the surface of Jupiter, and like getting a little science nerdy here, we have a probe right now around Jupiter called Juno, and it's been sending the most stunning images of Jupiter back over the last couple of months, and it reminds me so much of this movie because like the images, it is these like thick, beautiful like clouds and these like swirls, and like sometimes I'm like, how. Like, they got it, they actually got, like, uncannily, like, like, right, like, just kind of the texture of the atmosphere, and, like, it's beautiful, so that's, like, that was an extra, like, treat for me to really, watch it this you're time. You're doing it right. Like,
0: watch so it. The ladies know what they're doing. They do. They, they know do. what they're doing. They do. Um, I'm trying to think of, so, all right, Jupiter Jones, so we have now the Abraxis, which are the nobility, and you have Jupiter yes. Jones, who is this. Pawn that Space. they're all Space Princess Pawn That they're all trying to get um, It is very convoluted in- Very It doesn't
1: even make It doesn't actually make that much it sense doesn't It doesn't make a ton of that. sense
0: So all of these bounty hunters are after her And and Channing Tatum's Kane His name is Hold on Kane It makes me laugh so hard Kane Wise Yeah Kane-wise,
1: uh, who is a... Okay, I'm just, I just need to interrupt right now and say, like, okay, I took some notes while I was watching <laughs> this, and, like, my notes are basically in caps, like, Eddie Remain, Eddie Remain Shirtless Vest, um, and, you know, Space Werewolf, and Space Werewolf Eyeliner, because Channing Tatum does wear eyeliner in this movie, and it's pretty spectacular. Preeti's notes are <laughs> something different, so I took... I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> And there is an all-caps note that says, Cain Wise, not Cain Nine, if you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) Okay, continue. (laughs) I took five pages of notes while I was watching I know. I just (laughs) keep scrolling through them and laughing. (laughs) So, Cain, um, who gets... First, he battles these other bounty hunters for her, for Jupiter. Uh, he gets her and then he gets hurt in the process. Which one of my favorite moments in the movie is where she's like, You're bleeding in this car, and then she takes, she's like, You're lucky we stole a car from a woman because there was a maxi pad in, <laughs> in the glove compartment box, and so she uses the maxi pad as a bandage. I'm like,
1: Yes, way to go, girl. Um, but then he- and um. Can- he takes her to his old boss, basically, who lives on the outskirts of Chicago, now, who is Sean Bean! Sean Bean! Who does not die in this movie! Nope. It's very exciting, because the second you see him, you're like, oh god, how is he gonna die now? Nope. But no, it's he does Sean, not die in this movie. It's mo-
0: Sean Bean. So every all these people, so Channing Tatum, we keep calling him a space werewolf, because he's literally what is called a lycantat. His... He has been genetically spliced with a wolf. He is literally part wolf.
1: Yeah, so he's is, like, he, part B? Part B. <laughs> part B. Yeah, I don't even... Yeah, I don't <laughs> even... <laughs> but, like, basically, they're bred for purposes. So, like, Channing Tatum was bred to be a soldier. Yeah. Like, yes. the, the Brassics family, like...
0: Yeah. And he's, he's actually uh, in disgrace. He's a, he's a missionary because he attacked...
1: Uh, uh, I can't remember who. Channing Tatum is. Yeah, Not. no, no, no.
0: Channing Tatum attacked somebody.
1: Yeah, and Sean Bean um, was his commander, and basically they that brought, got him into trouble too yeah. because he stood up was and his so, commander. I don't know. Yeah, it was like his commander, I think.
0: And um, so they were both so, dismissed. Okay, and
1: then Channing Tatum. Used to have wings. Yeah, and they I cut his wings off. werewolves up. also have wings? Yes. Because that makes a lot of sense. They're werewolf angels. They're space werewolf angels. <laughs> this so, is like, if somebody was I listening just to this talking sh- about this and like running over what we're saying in yeah. my head. I'm like, God, this movie really is really it's like, weird. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> um, but it is so, literally cause... like
0: I'm watching this movie and I'm like, these all, it was reminding me of other things.
1: And the like, part of the reason we call it like we call it like kind of like a fanfic is because like things don't make sense and they don't have to right like, for this to be. It's and just like because why, it's why like pure.
0: It's pure it, wish fulfillment. It is. It's it's which is a, a we need that right The that is a thing that is necessary where you like I do want a space werewolf angel to be my boyfriend.
1: Yeah, who looks like and Channing so-
0: Tatum and saves me on his rollerblades.
1: But, so there are bees at Sean Bean's house. Yeah. And, um, I guess Jupiter... Well, this is where... They respond- <laughs> this is where they keep saying,
0: uh, your majesty. They keep calling Jupiter your, mag- your majesty. And she's like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> Sean Bean goes, have you ever been stung by a bee? And she's like, no. And he's like, that's because bees are genetically engineered to recognize royalty.
1: And so at this point, I'm just really disappointed because I have indeed been stung by a bee, which means I cannot be a space princess. <laughs> like, I'm very, I'm terribly disappointed that in this universe, I cannot be a space princess. Um... <laughs> but so that, so that's kind of how you start finding out like there's more to Jupiter than meets the eye and there's right. a reason people are after her. Um. And then they get attacked again.
0: They get attacked again. And so there's a fight in a cornfield, which I love because we're literally in the middle of a sci-fi movie and they lift a scene out of a horror movie. So you see just the indentations of people running in the cornfield and you don't know who it is. And so it's this like moment of like complete fear and anticipation in the middle of a camp sci-fi movie.
1: Yes. Outstanding. um, and then, so they, um, so the Abrasic sister, whose name I can't remember right now.
0: Right. I can't remember her
1: name. Well, she gets Jupiter. Like, her people get Jupiter and take her to the sister's place. I'm right about that, right? That's Yes. Odd, yes. Like, the sister's, like, kingdom, wherever that is. And then um, she learns Wait. about... Is that that what happens? No,
0: that is what happens. But you know what we skipped? What did we skip? The space orgy.
1: Oh, my God.
0: There is a scene where there is just Douglas. What's his last name? Booth, I think, who plays Titus. Yeah. He's floating in the middle of just all of these limbs. And it's just a space orgy. Like a spherical space orgy made of bodies.
1: Yes, that's he, exactly what it is. he and is in
0: the very center.
1: It's so creepy.
0: And it is very jarring. Yes.
1: Um, also, like,
0: kind of amazing. Sorry, Kalique. I just felt like that's that was name. really Kalique. important to talk about. Space
1: orgies are always important to talk about.
0: I just thought, yeah, that felt, like, really important.
1: Um, the Abrasic sister is named Kalik. Okay. But she um, kind of starts introducing... Jupiter to kind of the bigger politics of what's going on, tells her that she's a reincarnation of the Abrasic's mom and all that stuff. And then, um, I don't remember what happens. What happens next? <laughs> like, this is what... I might... I'm so confused. Like so much happens in this movie.
0: Well, okay. So she tells her all about the mother. She shows her, she shows Jupiter the statue that looks exactly like Mila Kunis in a beautiful dress. Uh, and Jupiter's like, this is... But why
1: would you show, like, a picture or a painting? That was uh, kind of my thing. Because it's like, a white statue is not very descript. No, it was like...
0: It, like, looked like her, but Jupiter's like, this is so weird. I'm like, I feel like I would be like, does that look like me? I oh, would be like, is that me? I don't know. I don't know if that looks like me. Um, So she wakes up in this, like chamber like is already dressed in these clothes and it's like very uncomfortable and like then she the 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 abraxas sister like her name is just like not sticking Kalik uh shows her this whole she was like how old do you think i am and jupiter's like i 40s i don't know and she's like actually 14 millennia she's like you're 14,000 years old And so then she shows her how she stays young and it's this very strange scene where she walks naked into a pool of water looking one way and then comes out of it looking very young and beautiful again. Yes. I did love the aesthetics of this scene because her handmaids or whatever, while she's talking to Jupiter in the background... Her, they do. They do this wand, and all of a sudden, her hair is magically dry. They do this other thing, and all of a sudden, she's dressed. And it was just these like quiet little like CGI things that I really appreciated for the yeah. sci-fi ness of it. Um, also, everyone is like genetically spliced. All of the helpers, so like Gugu. Um, oh my God, what is her last name from Beyond mm-hmm. the Lights?
1: Mbatha mm-hmm. Something yes. like that. I've never said it out loud, so I Me don't neither. know. I know how it's spelled. It's like M B A T like H A Y. Yes.
0: yes. That that is correct. You got that yes. completely correct. Uh <laughs> she's in it. She has a bit part in it and she has these like huge like bat ears. No, bats yeah. don't have big ears, do they?
1: No, they're like they're like giant like elf ears. Yeah,
0: they're not they're like these like big animal ears, but I don't know what they are. Um, yeah, like
1: donkey ears.
0: Like donkey ears, but like yeah. on the side of her head. And then um, some of the other people look like owls. Some of the other people look like fish, I feel like. Like everyone is spliced very strangely. Yeah, and
1: it makes it, it, makes it seem like for the most part there's not a lot of alien life. It's just spliced humans. Right, like,
0: except then there are these like dragon the dragons. people. There are dragon people. Dragons. How did we wait so long to talk about dragon people? Well, because,
1: because they become really important at the end. They do.
0: Uh okay, this is this movie is wild. This
1: movie is terrible. Uh, I mean it's great. It's but it's also-
0: um so that all happens and then Channing Tatum finds her and kidnaps her away yes. uh from the sister, right? Um he rollerblades into the hall, these beautiful halls, and just kind of takes her. Uh, yes, there is so much space rollerblading. My note. And this I is, was gonna. Okay, okay. Do you want to read I it? Quote,
1: I quote from Preeti's notes. God, all this rollerblading. It's like I'm watching Brink, the Disney Channel original movie starring Eric Von Detten. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted, I want to emphasize that it didn't just stop. at I'm watching Brink for herself <laughs> <laughs> and her own personal notes because she's never <laughs> supposed to share these things. <laughs> She put, in parentheses the Disney Channel original movie starring Eric Van Den. I didn't look
0: it up either, and now I'm worried I'm wrong. No, that is the correct name.
1: <laughs> but it's true! Oh, my God.
0: So, he rollerblades her out of there. Um. <laughs> and, and they like, end up
1: on the ship, like yes. a kind of... as. So, so we talked before about how, like, the Abrasics, they are like capitalists. They're like business people. They're not government. Really, they own planets. Yeah, but they're not really a political organ. Like the part of a political organization, they're a company. They're like nobility. Yeah, but there's also a sort of um, a sort of like a government. There is a government, and so we. She ends up on a ship, of, like, I guess what whatever the government is. Yeah. Presumably. With an amazing captain whose name I do not know, but she was awesome.
0: Yeah, she's great. She's a, She is a famous um, British actress because I've seen her in other things. Um, we can show notes. That's what they're yes. there for. Um, they end up there. There's this great – this is one of the things I love is, like, anytime Jupiter doesn't have agency, which is when she's taken – they put her in these very pretty costumes. The minute she gets to dress herself, it's her hair is in a ponytail, she's wearing like black pants, a black tank top, and flats. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. And she actually says, like, I need something to change into by myself while I'm awake.
1: Right. Like, I don't want to wear this stupid dress. It's not practical and it's not me. And I love that because God knows I like I really get frustrated. In movies when, like, the woman's running around in heels the whole time. Because, you no, mean, like,
0: in Wonder oh. Woman where some reason, for some reason the Amazons all had to wear heeled boots? Which yes. Which drove me nuts. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. And. Um, anyways. Uh, no, I love the aspect of it. Uh, you know, we're getting to the best line in the entire movie. Yes.
1: Which is. Um, so, she <laughs> basically, like, basically tries to hook up with Channing Tatum. And he tells her it's a bad idea and that he's not, like, you can tell he's into her. But he's like, you're
0: royalty. I'm a dog.
1: Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'm like a, and she's like, I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. Oh. And Channing
0: Tatum's face in this scene is amazing because it basically looks like he literally on his face is like, wait, what?
1: And 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 after he leaves, she like repeats the line to herself, and was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe I just said that." And it, it actually it sounds terrible, and it is, but it actually is like it's it's really funny when you watch. It's the funny
0: movie. and like kind of weirdly cute. Yeah, uh, it is. So this proceeds to lead into what I think is the weirdest scene in this whole movie. I agree. but also one of my favorites. So in order to get her ownership of Earth, like. Uh, like official or whatever like she owns it and no one can do anything with it but she has to get it's essentially what is the equivalent of the deed which is a weird light basically she has
1: to it's like the equivalent of going to having to go to like the freaking dmv and social security office
0: so it's this bizarre scene with this android named bob uh who is her advocate who then they get The total runaround going into one line where they say, no, you actually need Form 27.2.A. This is Form 27.2.B. And I'm watching this scene, and I, I was like, oh, my God. The humans are the Vogons of Jupiter ascending. So if you are not familiar with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Vogons are obsessed with bureaucracy And lines and forms, but they're just not human. So it's it was this really weird moment of synergy between two wonderfully wild sci-fi series. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you have this, like, really strange scene that is all about the pains of a bureaucracy. Yeah. And you're just, like, eventually Bob this... Bob, the robot, who the aesthetics of which are so interesting, like the way they do robots are basically like ex machina, which then I looked up ex machina to see what year it came out, and they came out in the same year too. Oh, well. But they're exactly the same, where the face is human, but then from like kind of the mid forehead back, it's very machine.
1: Two movies that could not be more different. No, could not be (gasps) more different. Um, but I did like, I, I do like the bureaucracy scene partially because it shows how big this world is.
0: Yes. It's like massive. it makes, it brings
1: home the point. There's so much more going on than the Abrasics family. And there's so much like, there's just this, it's massive.
0: Mm-hmm. There are other aliens there and there's just like all of these things.
1: Oh, also too. Um, and Stinger who is, um, who is Sean Bean <laughs> was also on the ship. So they've all been reunited. now. Yes. They're, they're all on the thing.
0: Um <laughs> this is <laughs> there's this I just love that there's this line. Uh so she gets the title, which is this weird light tattoo on her arm. Yeah. And then they go back onto the ship and Stinger betrays them. Yeah. He gives Jupiter to Titus, who is the younger creepy brother in the, the orgy Space scene. Orgy brother. Space Orgy brother. And they lock uh, Channing Tatum in the brig. Yes. Uh, my fi- This is my second favorite line in the entire film, is when Titus and Jupiter are going back and forth, and he's like, I don't need you to do this. Or he- They're having some argument and disagreement about Earth, and Jupiter, as a threat, goes, I also know that I can file a tax grievance
1: against you. And I will quote from Preethi's notes again. This is way better than The Phantom Menace, even though they're both about trade and taxes and shit. <laughs> it's true, though! It's true, it is! It's true! So much better way to handle, like, trade and taxes. Like, I
0: don't understand, really, the trade and taxes of either film, but whereas Phantom Menace lost me, Jupiter Ascending just drew me in. So this yep. is also when Jupiter finds out that <laughs> the way these people stay young is by farming human bodies. So Soylent, right. Soylent Green is people, essentially.
1: Um, and then Titus, Titus basically plays the sympathetic you know, person and is like, I think it's terrible the way we do this and I want to end this. Um, but the only way I can do that is if you marry me. Which is creepy consider- considering that she's the genetic... imprint of, them, of as, his, as mother. his mother. But um, he, if you marry me so I can... So I know that, you know, my territory will be in good hands if I die. Like, you'll inherit. And what he doesn't say, but everyone's thinking is, well, if you die, Jupiter, he will inherit right? Your-. And so she agrees... To um, marry him. Because he tricks her. Yes. And Uh, uh, meanwhile, Titus jettisons Channing Tatum out in airlock. Yep. And and then goes to, like, the equivalent of warp speed. And luckily, um, the other ship arrives just at that moment or, like, you know, a few minutes later and is able to save Channing Tatum. So, yay, Channing Tatum's still alive. And then he can go in and, and save Jupiter from, this from wedding. the wedding. which is a that dress and that the, the 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 picturization of this marriage scene is spectacular it's beautiful it's
0: great but it's also basically while I was watching I was like this is the wedding scene from Robin Hood men in tights when Maid it is. Marian is about to marry Prince John or I mean I'm um, sorry not Prince John excuse me Sheriff of Nottingham and Titus is like Yes, I do. Okay, I do. Jupiter. And she's going, I, 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 I... I, do. I and it's literally like the I do
1: not! <laughs> <laughs> because she sees Channing Tatum, like, burst through basically the wall. Of and... the hall, these beautiful halls. Yeah, the architecture in this movie is just... Spe- you know it's all CGI, but it's spectacular. It's really nice. Um... And so, and that's what, and it's really great because, um, like, so often a female character doesn't get agency. And while Jupiter is very much the, the victim of events surrounding her, she also gets, you know, Ch- Channing Tatum respects what she wants. Yes. Yes. And this so he, there is a lot of saving. She does get saved a lot. But it's. He respects her wishes, basically. hmm And so, um, yeah. And then, what happens next? Oh, my gosh. So, then they go back to Earth to return Jupiter to Earth because now she ha- has Earth oh, and is infected right. at all. She owns it. But we find but out. That Bala- B- Balaam, who is Eddie Remain, has kidnapped her family. Yep. And so now Jupiter has to go to Jupiter. To have a final showdown with Eddie Redmayne,
0: and it's awesome because Eddie Redmayne, for whatever reason, is like on the verge of tears the entire film. Yes. like every time his eyes are so glassy. I'm like, why are you always almost crying? Um, and so he does this thing where he's he's like evil villain monologuing uh, to Jupiter. While they're on, this, on his planet, which of course is like friggin' fire and brimstone, basically. And all these yep. humans are kept in pods underneath the floors where they will be harvested. And he's basically telling Jupiter all his plans. And, of course, he does that like, I create life and I destroy it. <laughs> like, yes.
1: It's incredible. Yes. Um, And you find out during this exchange that Ediard Main actually killed his mother. Yes. At her request, supposedly, that she was just tired of living so long and was ready to die and asked him to do it. And so he killed his mother, which is why he's on, I guess, the verge of tears, knowing that his mother has resurged genetically or whatever the term is.
0: But here's what's great is, of course, he's threatening Jupiter – Channing Tatum, meanwhile, is not there. Like, Jupiter's gone on her own. He's there, but he's not involved with this. This ends up being a showdown between Jupiter and Balaam. Like, that is... There's no no space werewolf involved in that fight.
1: Yeah. she She's wins. the one who gets to she do it. She kicks
0: him in the nuts. All of this shit happens, and she watches him die. There yep. is There is a piece of plotting that I am not including because it's just long. It's not like kicked in the nuts and then he dies like there's other things that
1: happen there's uh, there's a very yes
0: (laughs) there are explosions or all these things but basically and
1: and Channing Tatum kisses her and
0: Channing Tatum kiss and they kiss and it's cute
1: yeah um and then she goes back to earth
0: well so I did love this scene because you've got I did I looked up the actress's name the um woman who plays the captain is Nikki Amuka Bird uh Oh, she's a Nigerian-born British actress of stage and television and film. Uh, she's awesome, but she's standing there and she's like, it's this great tense scene where you don't, because everything is exploding and the planet is basically falling apart. And the ship is just waiting for them to warp for for um, Channing Tatum, Tatum and Jupiter. And she's like waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like one of those great sort of Star Trek scenes. Yeah, it is. Where it's like the shields are failing, we gotta get out of here, and she's like, "Just few more seconds, they're on the way." It's so great, like the scene is so great, and then you know they make it.
1: Yes, um, the um, I mean, and then there's not a lot of really suspense. You kind of know they're gonna make it, right. but yeah, they do it so well. Like it's, 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 it, they like, despite the fact that you know they're gonna make it, you're still like on the edge of your seat. It
0: was so like. Then she goes back to Earth, and the aliens... And this part are, I love. I know. The aliens have a way of making everybody forget what happened. I can't remember what they call it. Yeah. Um, but,
1: and so she goes, and then you see her in the next scene, and she's cleaning toilets again. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. she's but um, she's happy. She, yes, she's happy. And, like, you find out that she's chosen to go back to her life. And she knows she owns the Earth, and she knows all of, you know, what has happened, and... She's chosen to just live the same life and be with her family, except now she has a space werewolf boyfriend who. Yes, who gets in- his wings back. He gets his wings back and then hugs and she, her with them, and it's and amazing. And she
0: gets his space rollerblades, so they can both fly. Yes, and that's literally the end oh, of the like, movie. Okay,
1: so the space rollerblades—like they're on air; they're not like actual. Yeah, blades. they don't it's have. It's like wheels. motionless rollerblading, but it's like it's like the hoverboard Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, oh. I don't know if we, we, we specified that, but, so yes, you can fly oh, with the
0: We the All the while, I, we forgot to talk about the space dragon
1: fight. Oh my god, the space dragon! Because there
0: was a fight between Channing Tatum and the space dragon who works for Eddie Redmayne's character. I, there's yes. so much in this movie. Yes. Oh my god. There's so much in this movie.
1: Like we literally spent the last like 40 minutes talking about this movie. <laughs> or maybe not 40 minutes. A but a lot. And we didn't even lot. touch
0: on everything.
1: I know. There's like, like and so much. We're going to have to wrap this up because literally this podcast episode is so long. It's so long. But um, thank you. So if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, yeah. We very much appreciate it because I don't even know why you're still listening, but very much appreciate it. Yes. Um
0: if if there's an interest, I will share notes with people.
1: Yeah, it's pr- it's pretty great.
0: These are ludicrous.
1: Um so I guess if you enjoyed if you have a thing you want us to talk about, I think there is one more ten dollar a month slot on our Patreon.
0: There is. So if you, you want to make it.
1: us watch, you know, whatever you want. I think it's like like Within we'll watch one movie or like three hours of a TV show. Yeah. Just, you know, depending on what you want. Um and then I guess we should wrap this up.
0: So last, as always, we're going to end
1: with... Oh, we're going to th- things we love. Things we love very, very quickly, we Perfectly. promise. Like, okay, first, I'm going to talk about cycling again because Yay. I love, like, cycling. It's my favorite thing. So Tom Dubalon my favorite cyclist. Well, not my favorite. he is one of my favorites. He's from the Netherlands, and he won the Giro d'Italia, which is the tour of Italy, which is, like, 21 days... And I feel really, really like I accomplished something myself because I watched the entire thing from beginning to end every day, which is five to six hours of cycling a day. Mm. And I feel really accomplished until I remember that these guys actually biked it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Tom Dulon won. He's really good looking. <laughs> That's <He's-> very true. <laughs> That's not why I love him. But oh, geez, he's really good looking. Um, okay, <laughs> see you.
0: Oh, all right. This isn't a thing I love, but for some reason I'm doing it. I'm watching Party of Five for the first time because it's on Netflix. Oh my God. I've never seen it.
1: Charlie and I don't remember... Bailey. Scott
0: Bailey. 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 the Challengers. They're all oh. awful people. They're all They're super selfish. People. Um I'm watching it because I think it reminds me of A Better Time. Um, it has literally no connection to the real world of today, so it's taking me out of all of the nonsense that's happening, so I'm watching it. Uh, and it is so 90s. It yep. is, like, painfully. Not- I was just, like, a little... I was only 10 when this show started in, like, 94, so I was just, like, a little young for it.
1: So it's been... My, uh, sis- my sister watched it, so yeah. I watched a bit of it. My uh, older sister, My so. brother was
0: more of a 90210 person, so we watched 90210. Mm-hmm. Not... Party of five. Party of five. But uh, I'm a season in, and Jennifer Love Hewitt just showed up, and one of the London twins. Yes. So I'm pretty excited, and that's yes. that's what I'm doing. Um. All right. That's it. That's the show. That's our hour and. Okay. Th- Good lord.
1: We're sorry. Hour and forty minutes. This is okay. A long so episode. shout outs really quick. Patreon five dollar and ten dollar level. Jerome, we love you. Thank you for choosing Jupiter Ascending. Yes, thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Otarsis, Claire, and Brian. You can rate us on iTunes. Um, it we helps. love, we yeah, love it reviews.
0: Helps. It helps people find the show. Um, uh,
1: okay, really? Yep, yeah, that's it. No, no, no. you can follow us. <laughs> There's more. <Ouch>. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Um, we're at DC Geek Girls, or you can follow me. I'm at S Krishna. I'm at Run With Scissors. Um You can
0: find us over on various publications on the internet, as always. Yes. Oh, uh, I wrote. I'm very excited about my "I Love Peter Parker" because I'm Spider-Man trash article that's on um, Sci-Fi Fangirls right now.
1: Yes. And oh, and I started writing for Engadget. We talked about that a little on the last, um, the last episode. But yes, I'm writing there, so you can find me there. I'm writing like three to five stories a day, so it's pretty intense, but very much fun.
0: Um, and all right, that actually. Might be it. Then you'll, it. you'll see us next for our attack of the clones episode in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening as Thanks, always. Everyone.